Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fan the Flames Football Podcast. I'm your host, and tonight I have Avery once again with me. What's up, Avery? How are we doing? Doing good. Ready to talk some offense. Yeah, yeah. So, as Avery stated, we're going to be talking about the offense, a um, little bit of the special teams, what we expect out of them, and then Fan Appreciation Day, which I attended on Friday. So we're recording on Saturday. I'm actually watching Malik uh, play against the Minnesota Vikings as we record. Um, and then talk a little bit about uh, roster roster turnover and how could that could affect the team this, this uh, upcoming season. Um, then eventually we're going to have um, – full squad back depending on who can make we're gonna have some alternates a few different people Avery if he can make it or Caleb and Avery's got weird recording times so (laughs) compared to the rest of us so it's uh gonna be interesting to see how we all can kind of fit this in um uh I mean the man's got a family so we (laughs) it's a little bit different than the rest of us uh dudes um but um yeah so talk a little bit about that and uh, I'm really interested to see uh, what uh, what all comes with this season we're gonna have a lot of fun episodes we'll have like a season preview and then we'll have a bowling green preview um, I mean it's kind of gonna be it's just it's just gonna be it's gonna be different this year <laughs> to say the least so that's why I'm kind of rambling it's 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 been uh, already an interesting off season with just people being busy and I'm getting busier and uh, just how I guess it, it's all working this year. But um, we're excited for the season and Fan Appreciation Day was a great way to kind of kick off the season in some type of way. Um, and like I said, we'll get to that. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk about this offense and starting with the offensive line. Uh, interesting. We kind of had a little bit of a preview of what maybe's offense starting offensive line. Avery, I I sent you those guys. Can you kind of kick us off with that? Yeah. So it looks like uh, starting is uh, offensive line is going to be uh, Xavier Gray, uh, incoming transfer. Uh, he'll be starting at uh, what look like left tackle. Um, next to him is going to be Xavier Gatlin or X, and then. Jordan White transferred from West Virginia at center with uh, Jonathan Graham, the right guard, and then uh, Chase Mitchell playing right tackle. So that looks like, based on the lineup that was out there, that's who it looks like is going to be a starters. And if I had to make my prediction, four of them I would have predicted. Um, wasn't sure about Chase Mitchell, where he was going to fit in at. Um, I thought Jack Tucker could vie for some. Uh, could vie for some uh, reps at uh, tackle as well. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I gave Avery these numbers. I don't know if they're 100% correct. I don't know if it's the other way around. I mean, it would make sense if we do left tackle with Gray first because he has experience with that at Akron. I mean, I just, you know, it's kind of all odd. I was more focused on the quarterbacks, which is what we'll get to later on. I was really paying attention to that and seeing how this offense was run as a totality. Um, so I wasn't really focused um, completely on the offensive line. Um, I will say like the second team and third team, um, 
they did they did all right you could tell that some of them were true freshmen out there um it's uh there's there's still a lot of talent regardless and as i mean from what the national media and college football beat writers and even our local uh coverage you know it looks like offensive line is going to be the best part about this team in the sense of their strength um course having Gadlin come back is a huge part of that he's a great leader in this locker room and that's where we're kind of start at is he's he's the guy on this line and then you you get a Jordan White who's coming from West Virginia who has plenty of time at a power five school and then Xavier Gray who started multiple years um for Akron Jonathan Graham who's had some on and off he's kind of came in for injuries he's one time was kind of up in the air, I believe it was last year, he was up in there to get the starting role at uh, the guard position. And then you have uh, – uh, am who am I forgetting now? Chase Mitchell. Oh, Chase Mitchell. Chase Mitchell, who, um, you know, is kind of a guy who's who's was decently recruited out of high school. He's never – has had a lot of time um, and – you know, we'll see how it kind of shakes out with him. Um, I mean, yeah, there's there's depth outside of him too. You know, got um, and I'm not just saying him. I'm talking about this whole line. You got Brian Hannibal. You got uh, Harry Hayes, um, Kale Grubbs, who's a. I mean, we're both high on. Same thing for Aaron Fenimore and Aaron Anderson, and then of course Jack Tucker. So I mean, this this is a. Uh, this is an offensive line that has plenty of talent through and through. Um, they're just very young with, I mean, honestly kind of top heavy with, uh, mm-hmm. with Gadlin white and gray being the most experienced with Graham kind of having some experience. I mean, uh, and we haven't even talked about all the fact Brendan Schiller, you know, he's a huge loss, you know, not having him on the field. is going to be, um, a different experience for us this year. Yeah, it sounds like he may come back at some part of the year, though. So, fingers crossed. You know, yeah, yeah. But there's also that hope right now where, <laughs> you know, I guess he's been doing real estate or something. So it's like, uh, you know, you're kind of wondering if he's just going to be the coach for the rest of the year and they're going to call him up to be a coach next year, you know, which would be awesome. But we also kind of hope that he gets a couple reps in it would be nice to you know come championship week uh he uh it, barring that we qualify it you know he can pop on the team for that in the bowl game you know but uh we'll have to see what really happens um it's going to be interesting yeah i think this is a position where we're going to see some freshmen get some type of playing time just because there is going to be you know some injuries or banged up or just some type of rotation on that offensive line. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, I, I think my... I think it's my bad. I think it's the strongest position, uh, like everyone's been saying. And like he said, like uh, Ben mentioned, it's really top-heavy. But uh, Harrison Hayes and Brian Hannibal, I think they're ready. And Jack Tucker as well. I think those three are, are relatively young, but still have some years in college. And uh, they're going to provide some good quality depth for us. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and that's the thing, you know. You, 
it's uh these freshmen are very talented but you kind of hope that you don't want to play them <laughs> this year you just let them get that year and take a red shirt honestly and so they can have that extra year to continue to uh, build up their bodies and their skills and their technical skills um the offensive line i mean they're they get called they don't get called a skilled skill position but it, it takes a lot of skill and athleticism for to move at their size to you know hand placement being able to make the right kicks on pass blocks you know it's not it's not an easy job you know by any means um and you know it starts with this offensive line it's gonna they're gonna open up the gaps for this very talented running back room and give time for a quarterback we don't know who it is and if it's if that's a strength then you know of course you want a quarterback capable of making good decisions and a running back that can see holes but at the same time you know if you don't if you have a great quarterback who can make great decisions and a running back who can see holes what matters if there's no holes there (laughs) you know and there's no time to throw the football so um so you kind of are stuck in that interesting position which you know there's also that positive of if there is the freshmen that you know are capable enough to play this year if they get time because of whatever reason, even if it's just because the guys in front of them aren't doing well enough, you don't hope for injury by any by any means, but um, they can get that experience early on and kind of get baptized by fire, you know? Yeah, uh, I would. I think um, actually, I went back and watched some film from last year. I thought Jonathan Graham played really well after uh, Jacob uh, Bottom went down for uh, with injury. I thought Jonathan Graham. Uh, came in and played really, really, really well. So super excited to see him not yet solidified starting role and see how he does. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting group. And um, I want to continue the move on with from that to the tight end group. This tight end group uh, this uh, past Friday, Bo Burklow was actually the guy that was first out there. I, I don't know if that's – you know, indication. I don't think it is obviously because you got Hanshaw and Henderson, and Hanshaw and Henderson both uh, played uh, quite a bit during their time at uh, before the scrimmage. So I can really see, uh, you know, Burklow really getting an opportunity uh, regardless because Jacob Jenkins is now out for the year because he didn't get a waiver. So that's going to be an interesting development because you hope for another veteran guy like Jenkins to get in there with Henderson and Hanshaw to kind of create a trio of tight ends that are going to be able to give you different things. Yeah, I think uh, we're kind of relying on Jacob Jenkins to get plenty of time this year, but it's just going to kind of push Bo Burkwell to play this year. I think that's what's going to end up happening. Um I think uh, Billy DeRocher is going to be, we both think he's kind of a fullback in this offense more. That's probably where his, his home fit's going to be. So think about him kind of line up where Michael Bollinger did in the previous offense. Um, he's a good blocker, good uh, down-the-hill guy. But Hanshaw and Henderson are two really, really good tight ends that we're going to rely on a lot this year. And I think they're going to produce and get involved way more in the offense than what we've seen previously. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think Hanshaw is the dark horse to 
honestly be one of the better tight ends in the G5 in the long run. Um, I mean, I'm not kidding you when I say that. Uh, after watching, um, I mean, it's a sample size, but that Toledo game, listen, he was outrunning some safeties and corners at his size. He's, he's you know, you're, you, it kind of shocked me. I knew he was very talented, and he's obviously because he – played at BYU he had a couple years with missions all that type of stuff uh obviously he's you know an older guy because of that um and he still has quite a bit of eligibility left despite his age you know you kind of hope for um him to really step up and then also Henderson with him being the size that Henderson has Henderson's size is um really going to be the difference maker for him in this offense, but one of the things that I saw um, at Fan Appreciation Day, speaking of Michael Bollinger, I think a guy that could really be like him is, I mean, and I don't, I like to shout out some walk-ons every now and then, is Caleb Bryan um, coming out of Bellingham, Washington, Linden uh, Christian High School up in Washington State, not Washington, D.C., um, he really showed out in the fan appreciation game. And um, there's other one other walk-on who also did it, that as well, and we'll get to that when we get to the receivers. Um, I was really impressed. He had he catches the ball. I mean, that's the first thing. He may not be the fastest guy in the field or the biggest guy in the field. I believe he's only six foot, six two. He's six two, but, you know, he's he's still at the same time that's not a huge tight end, and he's not – he doesn't have the speed that makes up for it if you're not big, you know. Um, so he's, but he's definitely an athlete, and he might be a guy in the long run that might make a difference and surprise us as a walk-on. He's the guy that I'm interested in a few years down the road. He's a senior. He's he's been all this time as a walk-on, and then he makes a difference his senior year, <laughs> you know, because he throws a block or catches a touchdown pass. You know that you're like wait, who's this guy again? You know, but uh, don't worry. I'll remember who he is. <laughs> I went, I went back and watched um, some high school film on him. He has a decent high school tape uh, after you mentioned him that he was doing really well and stuff like that. So I went back and watched, I was pretty impressed. With him. So I think he's a talented yep. walk on. Also Anderson, I believe St. Cloud, something like that. Uh, he's another freshman walk on that I think is pretty mm-hmm. good. Has the potential of being pretty good uh, in the years coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about with walk-ons. You're not going to see, I mean, you don't want to see them have to produce um, in the first few years, but they're a guy that maybe stick around. And I mean, Liberty has had a lot of walk-ons have, you know, um, just in the uh, Hugh Freeze going from FCS to FBS that have made a difference. And who's to say that it's not, you know, uh, you can't have multiple guys. I'm not talking about – we're not talking about Hunter Renfro here. We're not talking about J.J. Watt or whatever. You know, like we're talking about guys who, you know, who are guys that could make a little bit of a difference here and there. Um, we're not saying they're going to the NFL, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, I mean, going back to Billy DeRocher, uh, my goodness uh, – He's he's going to be a guy just, I mean, we talked about it with his film. You know, he's a guy that's going to put his nose in there. I'm really excited to see how he blocks. He, he's going to be a guy that you're going to motion him and get him out on the edge and 
lay a block on one of these safeties and corners, and then he's going to be the difference of making a two-yard run into a six- or seven-yard run. So so uh, speaking of uh, talking about Hunter Renfro, do you want to make your bold prediction as we move into our next Yeah, prediction? man. So before we get into deep of the receivers, Coleman Baker absolutely showed out yesterday. Oh, my goodness. He is um, – I made a joke that he he, lo- he reminds me of Bieber um, when you look at him. He's got that very pretty boy, and I mean that as a as a compliment, Coleman. Uh, he just got those looks. He looks like he's in a, a boy band or something. But that man can ball. He can ball. He, it, it, when Everyone's like, oh, Caden had a better showing than J.D. I don't know. They were pretty neck and neck. Before Caden made that second throw – I mean, I made that that throw to Coleman on a, it was like a fourth and fifteen, and he rolled out and found Coleman. I mean, yeah, it was a really good place, really well placed ball, but Coleman still had to get up there and catch it um, as a walk on. You know, he's a red shirt freshman walk on, and he got up there. And again, I made the joke that he's the next, he's our Hunter Renfro. I don't know if he is, but he's got he's got he's an athlete. Um, I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised that next year he makes a difference, you know, and really, I, I mean, I, I get it again. It's a sample size, but if he continues to play like that, oh boy. And he's another guy with really, really impressive, uh, high school film for being a walk on uh, with the Lipscomb Academy and Trent Dilfer's offense I mean, Trent Dilfer. So the coach there had really, really. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's it, you know it's not like he came from some small school. Lipscomb Academy, even though they got beat up on by IMG last night. Shout out to Jaden Bradford. I mean, Lipscomb Academy is one of the top schools in the nation, and they were when he was a part of the team. So um, we're not talking about you know some middle of the nowhere Timbuktu. <laughs> Tennessee town, you know, not that there, there can't be talents out of small towns. You know, I'm a small town guy myself. I'm not saying I'm a talent, but you know, I'm all for the small town guys, you know, <laughs> but you know, he, he played some real, real football out of Tennessee. Um, so I just wanted to get that little, people can call it hot take. They can call it whatever. I really don't care. I'm just trying to, you know, Look at these guys and have a little bit of fun with them, man. It's not allowed. So, yeah. Um, so, who do you have as your starting three uh, receivers? Um, right now, I, I think it's going to be Daniels, Frith, and Austin. Um, I really do think so. Um, I could see Smoot getting in their rotation, but Daniels and Frith both didn't. Um, they both rested Friday night. Um, I know. Dono looked a little bit banged up, but I, from the scene, from what it seems like, when Chadwell and Washington both talking about it, it doesn't seem like he's he's it's a major injury. I mean, Cooley didn't touch the ball in the scrimmage either, you know, and he's perfectly fine. So, and he didn't even get out there for a single rep. So, um, it's just at that point you got to kind of reserve some of these um, veterans that are skill players that aren't in a battle to just kind of. Let them rest up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's just a sign that those two have solidified their starting spots. 
think about the NBA yeah. load management, you know. So I think that's all they're practicing there. So I, I have one different person. So I have CJ Daniels, Noah Firth, and then I got uh, EJ Elijah Smoot. <laughs> yeah, I knew where you're going. Starting in the slot for us. He's really, really talented. Great footwork. Uh, I'm really, really high on him. I think he's going to get a lot of good separation. I think he's going to be fun in this offense. Um, being able to catch screens, slants. He can go over to the top still. He's got decent size on him for his speed. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see him in this offense. Behind those three, um, I think Markel Fortenberry's on the outside. Uh, he's going to step up this year. Um, and then... We already talked about a Colin Austin's been super impressive lately. I think he's him and um, Smoot are going to end up being the guys in the slot this year. And then um, outside of them, we got uh, Earl Rogers, who had a productive year at um, Louisiana. His freshman year kind of fell off a little bit the last two years, but still did decent. Uh, coaches talked pretty high about him, said he's very consistent. And then Trayon Sidley coming back. So. I think those are the guys that are going to lead us. And then we added Aaron Bedgood, um, who just sounds like a smart, intelligent player that's going to be able to get some reps probably and, you know, getting him the ball in space and letting him make some plays happen. Um, he was banged up a lot at Coastal, so he moved from running back to wide receiver. Um, but he battled a lot of injuries throughout his career there. So his stats were limited, but we didn't get to see the true Aaron Bedgood uh, at Coastal. So I'm excited for them. And then, we got some talented walk-ons, too, that I think have a chance to make a difference this year. Think about Dwayne Crawford, um, Cole Peterlin, the star of last year's spring game, and then Ben Scott Coleman Baker. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of um, special teams guys that are going to be able to make a solid difference out of that group of guys. You know, they're going to be guys that are going to be out there being gunners, getting – making plays on the punt punt team, punt, punt coverage team. Um, and you're right, Bed Good, you know, we haven't seen him really. Um, injuries, whatever it may be with even just, you know, um, even when he was healthy, he didn't get a ton of playing time either. But, you know, it's not about that. It really isn't about that. I'm not worried about that because we're not going to try to rely on him. I think we look at this wide receiver group too often as if this is the old team in the sense of a different system. You're going to be seeing a lot more two tight end sets with 22 sets, which is two tight ends, two running backs. You're not going to see as many three, four, five receiver sets um, unless we're in that air raid type system where we need to be you know, really airing it out. Let's say we're down by 21 points. Of course, you're going to throw the ball quite a bit more, you know, but I don't see our team with our schedule and just the different factors that are going to be coming about this season. I don't know if I see this using more than three receiver sets most of the time. Um, And we got two, three, four guys at tight end who are going to be able to make a difference guys that you're going to be able to split out and utilize as a receiver let's not forget about that why are we worried about you know that i i don't get it i really don't um it's fine to be concerned but the amount of times we've had this discussion whatever whatever you know um medium we use it (laughs) to discuss about it it's like 
we just don't know. And this whole idea that, you know, Frith and Daniels have been banged up, we get that. But Daniels didn't play much last year because he was resting for this year. Um, And, you know, it's been 18 months or so that he's had since that injury. That was something that came out, you know, right before spring ball. He said, plenty of time to rest up. It's time to move on from worrying about his injury. Same thing for Frith. There's been times where Frith has had some fantastic moments. You're talking about making some great deep ball plays. I don't get where the, the problem is where they say that you can't separate. Um, separation isn't you can't see. Unless you're unless you're telling me all these people are watching that, that doubt this receiver room, and, I mean, I love those people too. Um, they're Flames fans just like us. Um, unless you're watching these all-22 films and you can confirm that he, these guys can't get separation, I mean – Show me evidence because when I'm watching it on the field, they're doing a fine job. Um, it's been sometimes our quarterbacks not being able to lead them and and get them out of step. That's a huge part of being able to quarterbacks to get. Yes, you got to have a little bit of a step, but you, I mean, it, I, I just don't get it. And um, you know, uh, I think there's some guys. Of course, before we also. Uh, continue to talk about this. We're going to lose Reese Smith, who is a great route runner, and I had high expectations for this coming season. He's not going to be playing this year. Um, same thing for Victor Jones. I thought he would probably get a red shirt, anyways, but maybe we don't. We would utilize him instead of bed bed good because of depth reasons. You know, he's going to be another guy who has great future, and he's someone who's a speeding guy. That's going to be that separation guy. Um, but. Going back to Kylan Austin, man, I watched him run routes on Friday night. He's an excellent route runner, and that's why I have him over Smoot. Um, That's not because of anything with Smoot. I think Smoot's going to be – I mean, again, you're only using two to three receivers most of the time, um, especially in a two-back formation. And if you watch what, you know – Shout out to John Manson. Shout out to the Sea of Red football podcast that both shared that along with myself. What I tweeted was that um, one football thing that showed them using the motion. That was a running back coming down from motion from outside on on the wide as a wide receiver. That's freaking so cool. <laughs> you know, I get I geek out about that type of stuff. You know, he came down motion from the right side in a trips formation came down and then was utilized to to in the option like there's so much more than that we're going to see Victor Venn going in those motions we're going to see Errol, Ro- Errol Rogers come out into those motions um and Victor Venn man he's he's going to be a guy who's going to be a great receiving back um and you know, uh, before we get too deep into the running backs, what what else can we talk about with the receivers? Uh, I'd say just to close, I think a lot of people forget how great of a year C.J. Daniels had. Um, yep. Uh, last year. I think he had in the first six games, I think he had, in the first eight games, I think he had six touchdowns. He was young, mm-hmm. sophomore maybe. So I don't remember his final stats. I just remember hearing that uh, while watching a game. So super productive. Uh, Noah Firth was our second leading receiver last year at 450 yards. So when DeMario eats up a lot of yards, pretty impressive to haul in 450. Um, and then Trayon Sibley that was sneakily had three touchdowns last year, which doesn't sound like a lot, but hey, for being a reserve guy, three touchdowns means he knows how to find the soft spots in the zone and he's going to get uh, productive. He's also a senior. He's 
smart. He's been around. So hopefully we'll get some more consistent quarterback play this year, which is just going to help these receivers. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. This is going to sound bold to say. If you take out DeMario, this receiving group is better than last year's. With mm-hmm. Douglas being uh, – Daniels being healthy, sorry. Adding in Smoot. Um, we got Kylan Austin developing more. You know, I think it's just all around more talented and deeper, to be honest, even with the injuries. Yep. Yep, and if we had Reese Smith and Victor Jones, I I could see that being a hundred percent true. Yeah, you don't have an NFL receiver in Demario Jones. I mean, Demario Jones, Demario Douglas. Thinking about thinking about Victor Jones on that, you don't. Um, but you do have a Fortenberry, who's again, he's a guy that's got a ton of size. He's a very solid route runner for his size. He's still developing on that, and he's going to be able to get up and go after the ball. Um, he's blows what's that i said it's just a matter of time before he he blows and his time comes he's super yeah yeah i agree i agree um i really i i agree with that he he's gonna be one of the the future honestly you're gonna be the one of the guys that we're not to rely on in the future um and why we're worried about him you know, being relied on right now, guess what, guess what, guys? We're not a P5 team. We don't have a Mecca, Buka, and um, Marvin Harrison Jr. sitting on the sidelines as we've just lost six receivers to the NFL in these past three years like Ohio State. You know what I mean? We're not, you know, we're not this. We're not that. We're not, you know, some of these P5 teams that just keep reloading at wide receiver. And I know people say, oh, well, that should make you even more concerned. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm I'm going to believe in this talent. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm not trying to make statements that these guys are going to be this. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they're going to be able to be capable of playing at the FBS level, which is what they were recruited for. And that's not that's not saying that they're NFL players. That's not saying that um, that they're going to be the best receivers to ever play at Liberty. <laughs> this is just saying that they're going to be capable enough to make plays when needed, and that's all you really need. We don't need to have a true number one every year, like or NFL receiver every year. We don't. And if anything, like I said, CJ Daniels before he got hurt. Come on. Like, again, go back and watch 2021 film. Some of those plays against Syracuse and uh, there's another team that he really had a fantastic game. I don't remember what it was because I'm blanking on 2021 no, games. North Texas, he had a really good game. Yeah. yeah, North Texas was the other one where he freaking balled out. He had that one where he came – was it a comeback route and then he took it all away? I don't even remember what the route was. Yeah, but was UAB. He had a real nice uh, – we kind of cut across. The it's, it's all – green teams are all coming Dude, together. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. Like, <laughs> we remember all these things, but it's like – but that's the problem, too. Is we, it, I mean, uh, it's recency bias. Oh, he hasn't done anything for us, so he's not going to do anything again. Like, who cares? Like, I, let's let's let him play out uh, play it out on the field. <laughs> In the one game that we – that Freeze really let him play BYU, what did he do? Scored a touchdown. Scored a touchdown. Catch. <laughs> that was a mm-hmm. great catch, too. With a freaking knee brace. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. So, so like Ben mentioned, I, I don't know. 
like Ben mentioned, we got the receivers. I think we have the talent. I'll make that argument any day. Um, we got the tight ends in this offense, which are going to offset needing as many wide receivers. But another guy that I think is really going to – Ben kind of mentioned it, Victor Venn in the running back crew, especially Victor Venn. Um, Coach Isaac even mentioned they're going to try and get him six touches again. That's going to also help us not have to rely on receivers as much, you know, getting yep. those guys the ball in space and letting them do their thing. You don't need mm-hmm. to have as many catches from the receivers because we're going to use them in screens and uh, – swing passes and different things like that pitches which is the same thing as a pass essentially you know what i mean in a lot of ways so yep i think this offense is again i said the same thing about defense it's going to be by committee it's no longer demario douglas and day day hunter you know mm-hmm. it's yep so many other guys that we can rely on and utilize yeah and i you know with you talking about then i want to transition into the running back group um you know that's the thing that i want people to realize is like um yeah this this offense again we you said you don't have day day and you don't have uh demario but with that being said you have a freshman stud running back who's making and you have you have the offensive coordinator who's coached nfl players um at coastal uh saying that this is the deepest running back team groom he's ever coached and he's he's right he's got Quentin Cooley who has had plenty of time at Wake Forest he's had plenty enough snaps Emperor. yeah he he was not the main running back i get it but if anything that shows how good of the running backs and that were ahead of him. And then on top of that, you have Billy Lucas, who's coming from Duquesne, who's had some solid production. He's a big running back, bruiser. And then you have James Jointer, which we'll get into him in a second, which, you know, I'm ex- and then you talk about Victor Venn. I mean, goodness, man. This, and again, Victor Venn, he was a freshman, as a freshman rec- coming out, you know, um, uh, going to Colorado. He's pretty highly recruited Coming out of Buf- Buford, oh, man, I can't speak tonight. Buford, uh, Georgia, one of the top teams in the nation, let alone Georgia. They're the best team in Georgia. Um, so, come on. <laughs> he And he had a ton of production yeah, at Buford. Top 100, top 100 running back in the country at 155 pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Him and Jointer, dude, were two of the t- most t- highly touted running backs out of that class. Like when it, when when we're talking about top one hundred guys, when, I'm not saying that every school recruited them. I'm just I'm not saying that they're. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. And now we have two of them playing. And again, this was just a couple years ago. If we would have got them in this year's recruiting class, people would have been freaking out. When you have two top one hundred running backs. And now he, because they transferred, because they didn't, of course, they're not going to have any time. Victor Venn got pushed out because he was Colorado. That's the Deion Sanders experience over there. And, you know, I, I'm cheering for Deion because I love Deion. But, and then you're talking about James Jointer again, man. He had two, two NFL running backs in front of him. Two. He had Mr. AJ Green, who is going to play in the NFL. And then he had one of the best running backs in the nation 
and Rocket Sanders. Yeah, well, he he didn't do much against Liberty. Cool, we had an awesome defense last year, <laughs> you know. Um, but he still is an All SEC running back. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all I care about. Um, so, and then going back to Cooley and Blue. I mean, if Bluey is if Blue if Blue is out, out if yeah Bluey if he's if he's outdoing. Um, uh, cool. I mean, not Cooley, but uh, some of these other guys joined her and the room that I mean, he was out doing day day in some ways. I know day day was injured, stuff like that, but he was at the top of uh, the lineup as a starter in the spring. Now you bring in Billy Lucas, now you bring in Victor Venn, and man, you got a five headed running back room. Uh, who, who who's going to lead in uh, rushing yards? You know, this is a great debate. <sighs> I think it's going to be Cooley. After thinking about it quite a bit, I think really Cooley's going to be able to get the most of the touches. But here's the thing: Cooley might be utilized because of the system and open up <laughs> open up the holes for everybody else. You know, if he's getting that first first handoff, and then whoever's getting the pitch, man. It's gonna be whoever's getting that pitch. Sometimes, you know, um, I, I, dude, honestly, if I'm making a kind of a little bit of hot take, I could see Victor Venn running this team, man, yeah. off the pitch, man. I could see him run because you combine that with his receiving yards, his total scrimmage yards could be insane this year. He said rushing yards, man, rushing. Yards. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, my my guy might be a hot take is Billy Lucas. Um, I think he's a guy that. He's him and Von Blue are probably the two running backs that can do it both. They can go between the tackles. They can go out, uh, you know, on the perimeter as well and make plays. Um, I think his production at the FCS level and experience is just going to allow him to play a little bit more than Von Blue. And like you said, I think Cooley's just going to be that uh, bruiser, and he's going to open up a lot of the uh, gaps for other running backs to have. Um, and uh, uh, Isaac even kind of talked about it. He said that uh, Billy Lucas is really good in, in between the tackles and also has the ability to go outside the tackles as well. So it's exactly what we saw on tape with him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Cooley's going to be a close second. I mean, James Joyner obviously could also lead the team in rushing as well. So uh, yeah. I got those three. You know, I'm curious to see how Von Blue does. Uh, I'd really like to redshirt him, but it sounds like Coach Chadwell would, would as well. But he's too talented to keep off the field. So. Like they said, he's yep. going to play special teams or something. I think it's his attitude. It's just attitude and work ethic are just top-notch, which you see in his film. I mean, he's he's an yeah. guy, you know, and uh, Isaac Newton, Isaac mentioned it, Coach Newton, Isaac mentioned it. You know, he had some fumble issues, and it was all related to doing too much, you know, trying to truck guys and get those extra yards, which is not a bad thing. He's just got to learn, you know, can't win every battle. He's going to be very, very good. You know, he has that mentality. He has that attitude to just, you know, charge ahead and get as many yards as he can and just make plays. So I'm excited for this group. And then again, Victor Venn, I mean, six touches a game. It doesn't sound like a lot on paper. Well, when we're saying it, but six touches is a good amount of uh, touches each game. I'm excited to see what he can do in the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I... I didn't see Cooley, Blue, or Lucas play in the scrimmage. It was Venn and Jointer, and then it was all the walk-on guys, like uh, I believe, like Belford and all them. Um, you didn't get any so, steps, you said. Yeah, yeah, Blue, 
uh, Cooley and Lucas, they were all dressed. Um, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were all dressed, but they didn't, they didn't play in the scrimmage. So, okay. Yep. So if we're going off of that, sounds like they're the top three guys, but I mean, geez, Ven and Jointer, I, they're going to have something to say about it. <laughs> they're going to have something. And I think that's the thing about this room. There's going to be a lot of rotation. There's going to be a lot of fresh legs and it's just going to be, um, I mean, okay, here's another thing you're talking about with the receivers going back to the receivers, but not really the receivers, but utilizing the wide running backs as receivers. Um, we didn't see a lot of screens out of Freeze's offense. He is traditionally known to not utilize running back screens. I don't know what his, his uh, philosophical philosophy, I don't know what his reason behind it is. I never have gotten it. Um if you guys go watch his Ole Miss tapes, he's using utilizing a lot of wide receiver screens and a lot of tunnel screens. And I'm not a huge fan of wide receiver screens if you can't run the ball. <laughs> so, um, or if, I mean, sometimes you're trying to just get quarterbacks in a rhythm. So I can see that. But if anybody can remember the Ole Miss Alabama game, literally it was because of wide receiver screen that. Uh, that was that iconic where Chad Kelly fumbled the snap and then threw it wide out and then it bumped off the the D back into the you know receiver's hands for a touchdown. That whole iconic play. If you watch those whole games, he doesn't have a. I don't think he even did a single running back screen, and that's going to be different in this type of system. I mean, very little did we see screens with. Um, you know what he did for the running back. What's that? You know when he did for the running back. Who's that? Freeze. Yeah, no, yeah, but but who? Fourth and one, up by five against UConn on our own thirty. <laughs> he did. He was like, "Oh yeah, let's utilize it now." Um, so and you know, I think one of the the swing plays that Day Day took all the way against Old Dominion, I believe that was a swing play. So we'll call that a screen. And then any other time was with Shedro. Um, during his time here, I remember him utilizing Shedro on screens, um, little uh, uh, middle screens, um, running back, halfback middle screens. So, yeah, I don't even know if those were the play calls or Shedro was just the dump down guy. A lot of times, I think, you know. What I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Last read, yep. Give it to him. Yep, yep. So, it, it you know, Freeze has a different you know scheme. It is what it is. Um, this is going to be heavily on the run. And I heard people saying, well, what if they pack the box? Okay, do it. We'll just run play action. Goodness. Like, that's a good thing. (laughs) You want them to pack the box. We have two capable quarterbacks. Um, and that quarterbacks, but I mean, can you imagine single coverage? CJ Douglas, uh, CJ Daniels keep saying that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Be smooth. With Kyle and Austin, put them in single coverage with no safety over the top. Please do it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. Please give us a single high safety. We love it because that's what the system is designed to utilize the edges with um, the, you know, pound the middle, open up the edge for the pitch back, and then set up play action for a single high safety. Come on. Yeah. like, and then, and then give me Hanshaw and uh, Henderson. You know, for ten to fifteen yards every play, you know what I mean. Like it's, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yep. 
Yep, that's that's what we want. Um, and again, we don't know if this this is this is how it's going to work out in the sense of like that's going to happen. But that's what you want out of this type of system. It's not a run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then look for a deep shot. Run the ball, deep shot. Okay, first down. Okay, we're midfield. Let's go deep shot. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. You know the spread spread principles, um, but you're just not looking for that in this type of system. Um, it's still a, a form of the spread because it's a, it's a modified spread called the pistol. I mean, I've, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of preaching to the choir for some people, but some people don't understand those concepts and that's okay. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's, you know, still the spread, but it's, it's not, you know, um, it's a modified form of it, which relies on the, the read option, um, and which, you know, and I've seen this. You don't need a fast quarterback to run the spread, um, spread read option. You don't. Um, Salter by no means is super fast. He isn't. He's a great athlete, but he's not Malik. (laughs) He's not Malik. So Malik, dude, I can't even imagine Malik in the system. This is his system. That would have been fun to watch. I was thinking so. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your guy? Um, you know, dude, I, I'm a JB guy just because I have been all through and through last year. My my uh, dark horse pick was Trey Lowe this year because um, I really thought you know, and I still could see him. Speaking of Malik, he just had a huge run at a boy, a huge run. But anyways. Um, by the way, I'll be giving updates, even though this is going to be after the game and everybody will see this. It's just saw the corner of my eye. I saw Mr. Seven as we just spoke about him. Um, but anyways, uh, it, uh, JB's kind of my guy right now. I, it was cool to see him in the number one. I'm not going to lie. I think he looks pretty good in number one. Um, but uh, speaking of the other seven, Caden Salter has, ex- he man, he impressed me so much. Um, I still think he holds the ball, holds onto the ball a little bit too long. Now I give him a little bit of grace because he had a great first drive with the ones, ones. And I put that in quotation because there's no Daniels, Frith, Cooley or Blue or anybody. It was, you know, but it was still starter quality. Um, but with that being said, you know, uh, that second time where he had the struggle and then he had the bomb to Coleman, then he eventually scored the touchdown um, to Coleman Baker in the back of the end zone, that, which you can see um, number 22 catching that football in the Liberty football social media highlight post of Fan Appreciation Day. Um, he impressed me. He really did. He looks a lot more improved. Um, but JB had the play of the day. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. Coleman made a great thing, but he did the most, he did, he did the best improv play broken play kind of went out to the right scrambling. And then I believe he found, I think it was, uh, Kylan Austin, um, kind of just wide open, floated it out there, caught it first down. It was like a good, I don't know, 20 yard pass or so, um, after the reception as well. Um, but it's a toss-up between the two. Um, I hope for JB because of just the the leadership that he brings. I think Salter can eventually bring that too. Um, I think he's matured a lot since his time at Liberty. Um, but it's between those two, um, and that's nothing against Hampton. I don't know what Hampton's going to look like this in the long run because Mooney looked pretty dang good, and 
And I think there's a lot of talent in Hampton. You guys know that I'm a Hampton fan. I'm all for him. I don't know how he's going to fit in the long run if Salter breaks out. <laughs> and JB, I think, has – doesn't JB have one more year too? Um, I so. Yeah, I, I think so. But who knows, you know, um, how what, how they're going to utilize different things. I don't know. Um yeah, man, it's 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 tough between the two. Uh, they both did a good job. People are going to point to JB's interception, but shoot, man, that that's tough where he threw it. And I mean, no offense to Crawford, but Crawford's a s- small target to throw to, and he kind of just overshot him a little bit, you know. Yeah, uh, I've always been high on Gabe Salter. Gabe mm-hmm. Salter's my guy. I think. Um, he had his moments last year, his very, very highs. You know, think of that Wake Forest game. We saw his potential and saw how great he can be. Um, then we also saw his lows, you know. So we saw both. Um, you could argue the same for JB as well. Uh, but JB, I yep. think, was a little bit more consistent last year. Uh, but another thing we forget is that Salter was, what, 19 years old last year? A redshirt freshman, you know, like yep. very limited I think what just UMass snaps the year before, you know, yep. joined us late in August. I think for the football team that freshman year, you know, because what happened at Tennessee. Um, so he was a guy that you know I think he was still learning how to play football and getting that confidence and trusting himself. It appeared last year that he kind of lost his confidence that he had played. Um, so I'm excited to see Caden. He seems to kind of have that swagger, have that confidence back. I think this new coaching staff is helping him with that. I think they just allow him to play a little bit more free than what Hugh Freeze did. You know, there's a lot of reads, but there's a lot of reads of him being an athlete, if that makes sense, um, yep. which plays to Caden's strengths. Like we said, he's not a blazer. Everyone thinks he's so athletic, which he is athletic, but he's not a blazer speed-wise. Um, nope. Him and JB are probably the same speed, honestly. They might be close. I could honestly. Ahead. But yeah, yeah, not far apart. Yeah, I no. think it was. Yeah, I think Caden's fastest was forty. It was like a four seven. Really, yep. probably he didn't run the forty at the combine because he didn't want to. But he probably would have run a four four. <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, so oh yeah. That's not the same at all. Four 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 seven. No. So no. You know, but I think Caden's gonna take it this year. Uh, I think it's all about him understanding the offense and trusting himself and having that confidence. If he does that, sky's the limit. You know, if he can get the playmakers yep. on space and let them make plays, and he's got to realize that it's not all on him in this offense. This offense is designed to get guys the ball in space and let them make plays. You know, Grace yep. McCall's stats look amazing, yes. But a lot of that is due to the pieces around him being able to run 80 yards after they catch it, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, this offense is hard on a quarterback, but also easy once it gets going. I think it's hard to comprehend, but once you're in it and you're playing in it, I think it's quarterback friendly, which Chad yep. was a former quarterback, so it makes perfect sense. you know. And if you look yep. at the way we're recruiting right now, we're recruiting guys that can get the ball in space and make plays. You know? So that's yeah. the future of this offense, and that's why I think it's Caden. I think Caden's the guy. I think he's going to have that confidence this year. He's not, hopefully, you know, I like what Chadwell's saying this year. Compared to last year, you know, it was always, even the first game, Charlie Brewer's our guy, but you might see free quarterbacks. It's, you know, he told that to the Southern Miss media. You know, that yep. messes with the quarterback's head and confidence compared to this year. Yep. 
them saying, well, we want to stick with one quarterback, and that's our guy. So yep. that's going to help out so much, whoever that quarterback is, whether it's JB or Caden. I think both are great options. and Either one can lead this offense. But Yeah. Yeah, I can see K-Salt taking this, taking this team. I really can. And I could see him taking this team and just running with it. Um, but I could also see JB too. JB's going to bring a different they're going to, they're two different quarterbacks. JB's going to be more of a West Coast guy. He's he he has a good arm. He doesn't have the Salter's got a bigger arm than him. Um, but again, he's very underrated when it comes to his athleticism. I don't know why Salter is is looked at some guy that can, you know, is like a Malik. He's not. He's just not. He, he if anything Salter's more of a pocket passer than 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 uh, Malik is. And again, with another thing with with Salter, Salter kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield in the sense of like he's an improvised quarterback. He relies off of that. Um, Baker, uh, in a lot of his times, that's what he he was big on. Was again, and Baker was a, again a solid athlete, not the fastest guy. Um, obviously, I think Salter's a little bit faster than Baker, but I'm just having this idea of how good of an improv. And I know that uh, Malik was too, but um, you know, you're going to see Salter more in the pocket than anything. Um, and you know, that was again going back to the whole thing when Chad was saying we're having one guy sticking with. I don't want to see three quarters in if someone's struggling. I don't want to see him get pulled out especially if it's a close game. Like, what are you doing? No, you're just going to kill a player's confidence and you lose trust. You lose trust. Um, I think a quarterback that is at the backup will trust you even more if you he doesn't get pulled out. You know, I mean, if the main guy gets pulled out, then he gets thrown in and then like, oh, not very good. He gets pulled out again. We saw that so many times last year and it was just, it. I mean, Shoot, if Brewer would have stayed healthy, who knows if Brewer didn't play well. Um, we could have seen three quarterbacks get rotated in. In four, if Hampton, you know? <laughs> you know? I know that we did regardless because of Hampton coming in and he had his uh, Mustang package or whatever. And I'm like, come on. He just, it, like, Hampton's a rhythm guy. I mean, every quarterback's a rhythm guy. Let's be honest. But Hampton, especially with him being not a four-star, <laughs> you know, playing in Texas, he, he didn't even play his senior year unlike Sal- Salter did. So, I don't know, man. It just was absolutely bizarre. And I'm hoping whoever it is, um, we see him stick it through, see it through, at least for a few games. Um, yeah. So, uh, unless he's getting injured, we shouldn't see a quarterback switch first three games. Yeah, this is a hard thing to explain. I think JB might have the ability to win more games for us, but Caden Salter might have the ability to take us farther, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, just the upside of Caden is so much. We just are hoping that you know some of the inconsistencies aren't going to be there. Like holding on to the ball yeah. and stuff like that. Yes, that was a huge issue, but again, who's 19 years old redshirt freshman out there with yeah. confidence, him having to think in the back of the head, I have to play well, I have to make a play. You know, uh, Freeze also called him out multiple times saying that he didn't study the plays or you know things like that. So I think all of that messes with a young guy's head and makes you lose some confidence, you know. So when you talk about holding on to the ball a little bit, you know, maybe you do hold it on because it's like 
if I run the ball, the coaches think I'm not making my reads, you know, things like that. So yep. I think it's Caden's building that confidence back. You can kind of see it when you watch some of his throws that he's making. You know, that throw to Coleman Baker, that touchdown throw, that was in some coverage, you know what I mean, at least what it yep. appeared to be from the uh, yep. Liberty Twitter, uh, football Twitter page. So I think if he's getting his confidence back that he had when he played in high school, he can take this team very, very far. I think this offense is very well designed for him. Um, he yep. knows how to play with athletes. He knows how to get athletes to ball. So I think he can take us farther, but JB might be more consistent. That's just a big question. Yeah, I think JB's floor and ceiling are closer together than Salter's. Yeah. Um, that's no. That's not even a shot towards JB. No. Um, because JB is, I mean, again, he's a guy that's a was a highly talented coming out of high school. He's a guy that's already proved a lot of. He should be proving people proving people wrong. I know he had his bad games last year, but again, I don't think JB was. He's not a spread quarterback. He's just not. Um, he's a guy, you know, he's just not going to be that type of guy in that type of system. Um, Salter is a little bit more, but Salter's more versatile when it comes to system. Um, JB's going to make a lot of intermediate throws. Um, and he's pretty solid when it comes to that. He, and the thing is he had some moments last year with like Gardner Webb where he just looked atrocious. Um, he did, you know, uh, don't get me wrong, but, um, that doesn't mean that he didn't have the BYU game. The BYU game was, I mean, dude, I'm I'm not gonna lie. The BYU game, he he had better moments than Malik at times in that game. Some of his throws on on some of those balls, those were very very good. Um, and again, of course, Malik had his moments like Virginia Tech, and you know, don't get me wrong, like don't get me started with that. But you know, when we're talking about the potential that JB has. He showed some flashes that you're just like, shoot, man, he can play. Um, but I'm, I'm also excited for case all too. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> we say all this to still not know which way it's going to go. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a feeling it's going to be case all, um, which I hope for JB. Um, I'd rather be proven wrong in the sense of JB play and then just not really do too much, you know? Um, and there goes, there goes, uh, that man Malik again, making people miss goodness. Um, he's balling right now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I see it, but, um, I wanted to, I mean, we kind of covered a lot of fan appreciation stuff. I also want to say how Reese Mooney looked, man, Reese Mooney, he, he has it. Um, there were some, Throws he missed in the sense of um, throws that I saw that I was like uh, he he could have threw it there or whatever, but man then he had some he had some zips um, a couple different times so um, I'm excited about him in the future definitely a great get um, we'll see uh, whenever he I don't know when he's going to get a chance because we're going to have to see how Salter JB and you know. Uh, Jaden's coming in, and uh, listen. I, I think the all the I think all about JD uh, 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 JB two point in the sense of Jaden Bradford. Yeah. Um, I think all about him coming in. You know, um, that's just his initials, by the way. Um, that's why I said that. But I think that he's going to be great. But man, Mooney and him, it's going to be an interesting competition in the future. It really is, and 
that's the one to watch. <laughs> that's going to be yeah. Yep. Yep. That's going to be insane. I, I don't know how people are going to be able to handle that. <laughs> to be honest, and you add a Caden Williams into this room next year, uh, where's he going to play? He's definitely going to get redshirted, you know. And that kid, he's he's special, man. I'm watching his tape, so it's just like, man, you look through some of these people um, that we have coming next year, and then what we currently have. I'm excited about this offense. I'm also excited about this defense. Wanted to shout out Joseph Carter, not for only owning earning scholarship, but absolutely balling fall, uh, on Friday night. Dude, he was splitting gaps and hitting holes. Um, he looked like a man on a mission. So um, he's definitely got something to prove, and um, uh, I could see him getting some time this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I liked him last year, actually. I had a tweet somewhere. I thought Joseph Carter was like, if there's a walk-on linebacker, that's going to be productive. It's going to be him. He was an Army commit out of high school. So I think I said it's a defensive thing. He's got the talent. It was just yep. proof. So. Yep. Super yep. Um, to see everything. Really, I'm excited to see him play. Um, I didn't focus too much on defense on the fan appreciation. Like I said, all eyes were on quarterback. Um, that's again just you're looking at that. You want to see how they they react to the defense. In fact, I was looking at our defense as if they were an opposing defense. <laughs> looking, hey, what do they got running? What? Are they, oh, are they zoning this? How how are we react into these this, some of these coverages? Um, so. Um, I mean, how are they fitting the line so that way we can kind of try to open up the holes here, you know? Um, so that's kind of what I saw, but, um, I don't think Kendy got any snaps as you would expect. I don't even know if he dressed. I didn't pay attention again, (laughs) you know, again, and plus it didn't help that I was on the sideline that, um, was the home team sideline normally. And that's where the offense was. So I wasn't really looking at defense who was rotating in or anything i was paying attention to the offense so um that's mostly why but man uh, either way it, it, it was a good friday night the turnout by the way was fantastic i thought it was going to be um rough because of the change of time and plus it was time at five o'clock which is when most people get out of work um but man, they showed up and it was interesting because there was a large part of the freshman class that decided to show up about 45 minutes to an hour into it, um, towards the end of the scrimmage, toward the end of the entire fan appreciation day. Um, cause there was some stuff after the scrimmage that was done, some little things like some special teams drills. Um, but I want to get into special teams. Um, you know, right now it's looking like we're looking at Nick Brown at kicker. He he seemed to be doing all right. Um, I think people are doubting him because he had, what, a 68% for field goal percentage or something like that last year. Again, this man yeah. was a walk-on freshman. Yeah, I was going to say also with that percentage, we also put him out there for some prayers from 50-plus yards, you know. Hey, Didn't he uh, hit a big one too? Yeah. He Pretty sure he hit a big one. Get one big, yeah. So, there's some other times where we put him out there, he was out of his range, you know, which 50 plus yards is at P5 level. Darn many kickers that can hit that, so Mm -hmm. sometimes at NFL, they even struggle with that. So, I think that brought down his numbers. Um, yep, and Braden Beck is supposed to be healthy this year. We'll see how he does, you know, Tegan Tegan Linder Lake Linderink. Halfway close, you know. Yeah, I hate to say depth at kicker, but it's there. You know, another thing is, is we talked about this. Chadwell said the same thing again. Like 
different than Freeze. He wants to stick with one kicker. Same mentality mm-hmm. as the quarterback. You know, when you're constantly looking over your back, you know, it affects you. It's a confidence position. You know, it's rhythm, yep. confidence, you know, you got to believe that you can make it every time. And again, when you have someone that you think is, you know, you don't know, first of all, who's going to go out there and kick it when that time or that game varies when everything, you know, so I think just Chadwell saying these things is going to help with the confidence and help whoever it is be able to solidify and just do their job better, to be honest with you. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I agree. And, uh, you know, Brandon Beck, I'm hoping he gets a shot at some point too, but I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm hoping for a rotation. I'm just saying, you know, uh, Braden unfortunately had some, uh, look at that Malik threw his first ever touchdown. I don't know if he ever did in the preseason last year, but that was the first one I've seen. No, that was a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. It was a rushing touchdown. He threw a nice little, looks like a, yep. It's a little, um, what do you call it? Uh, Shoot. It was to the running back. Why why am I forgetting the route name for that? Anyways, the out route for a running back. We'll just call it that. Beautiful, though. Um, Anyways, nice throw. Good for Malik. He's having a very good game, by the way. So, yeah, um, Max Morgan. Seems like he's going to be the punter. He's he's got a scholarship. Um, You know, he... Played very well in 2021, had to step up for Aiden Alves getting hurt. I mean, people forget, you know, even though it sucks that we lost Aiden Alves, but Aiden Alves um, was pretty inconsistent before last year. Last year he became into an absolute beast. Um, I'm hoping that he gets a shot in the XFL or USFL because um, he is a very talented punter. I don't really know what his plans are. I haven't really been following him too much, but um, wasn't that your MVP? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, was it mine? It wasn't my total MVP. I can't remember, <laughs> but I think I did because I think Kyle wanted it or something. I, I wanted him to be, but either way, man, he's a beast. He's he's. Uh, um, but I'm excited for Max too. Max is young and he's got that swagger. Um, he really does. Um, just follow him on social media, man. <laughs> he's he's in. He seems like a cool dude. Um, same for Braden Beck. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't. I don't think I follow Nick. But I'm all about uh, buff special teams guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Max Morgan. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got some. He's got some muscle, man. But yeah, and then it looks like uh, you know we're gonna go from Austin Mock to Austin Turner. At long snapper, um, good for Austin. Austin seems like a cool dude. Um, you know, I mean, it's hard to replace a guy like Austin Mock, who's been on Liberty's football team forever, and he's a he's a legacy guy. You know, his dad played football at Liberty as well. So, um, I'm excited for Austin Turner to finally get his opportunity. And uh, you know, as long as he's uh, consistent. That's what matters. So um, he's going to be, I think, a sophomore, junior. I can't remember. But hopefully a sophomore so we can have him for a few few years. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm excited about the special teams. We'll see. We're going to have a lot of these walk-on guys like Coleman Baker. I don't really know what it, we're going to look like at kick return or punt return. We could, I could see Kylan Austin. I could see Victor Venn. I could see James Jointer. Um, it's going to be quite a, quite a big, bigger rotation. Victor Vin's my, uh, kick return 
guy that I would go with. Um, punt return, I could see a guy like, uh, you know, I think it sounds like from what uh, Coach, I'm blanking on his name now, Coach Kantz, Kratz, what's the... Uh, Kratz, yep. Yep. He's looking for a guy that's consistent and smart. So he even mentioned like Brian Green, guy that's played some you know, yep. baseball and understanding how to track a ball back there. Brian uh, used to take guy. kicks back in high school. And then even Aaron Bedgood, uh, Bedgood, sorry, uh, I could see just because he's smart and he's reliable, the coaching staff can trust yeah. him. Um, I forgot to mention with Aaron Bedgood, he was a team captain last year at Coastal. So mm-hmm. he knows this Chad well. He knows Chad well. He knows this coaching staff well. He knows what they want out of a locker room. I think he's a great guy to this team. And that's the thing. People are saying, you know, well, we got pulled out from the grocery store or whatever. And it's like, bro. Whoa. State Farm agent. Put some respect on him. Yeah, exactly. Put some put some respect on the State Farm agent, um, especially if he's named Jake. Um, but, uh, you know, goodness, he, he's going to bring leadership. There's a reason why Chadwell went out and said, hey, stop doing your insurance stuff and come back and play for me, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, it's not like... I don't know. It's just kind of silly to me to think that's a problem because he was grocery. He still was on a football team last year. That's all that matters. I doubt that um, he's that out of shape either. You know, um, from what I saw, he seemed like he's still got um, his athleticism. It's not like he's out of shape by any means. And I'm sure um, Coach uh, Chad, <laughs> he's going to put him in the weight room. So uh, he's going to be all right. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't a guy that like entered the portal and sat. I think he was a guy that thought that his career was over when a new coach came to Coastal. And, you know, Chadwell moved and Chadwell wanted him with him, you know. So we also don't know. Chadwell could have been trying to get him to come for many months. Maybe Bedgood was like, oh, you guys are stacked at receiver. I don't want it. The injuries happened. And that was when Bedgood finally convinced him. We don't know the whole story. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to remember, this was a team that had both Smith and Victor Jones at one mm-hmm. point. And then you also add in Jenkins. Like, he's probably thinking, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, man. I'm just going to be another guy in the back of the, the depth chart. He's like, I'd done my leadership. I was just captain for you last year. <laughs> uh, we're obviously assuming and making fun of the, you know, possible conversation that could come out of that. But um, as we're both guys who um, – have kind of had those conversations before. I've heard them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about this whole team. And I mean, uh, special teams, honestly, to be honest, I think special teams, my biggest worry, <laughs> um, is Max Morgan going to continue to come back? You know, is Nick Brown going to improve? Who's going to replace Demario at punt return? Who's going to replace, um, our rotation of very consistent kick return, nurse these past few years like Deron Lowe and um even Shedro you know so you know we don't have Shedro anymore so who's 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 gonna step up in those positions that's actually probably my biggest concern right now um I know it sounds silly but special teams and turnovers are two of the most important principles in football I don't care what anybody says if you can't punt the ball and you can't make kicks, and you can't freaking get into good field position, whether it's setting the team up, your defense up for for bad field position for that for that offense, or you know get into good field position because you're making a wise decision on kick returns or punt returns. You know that's very critical. 
Um, it could change a game. Field position matters. That's why turnovers and special teams matter so much. Got to watch out on special teams. Sam Perry transfer from Gardner Webb, kicker and punter, it looks like. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if he had any stats at Gardner Webb, but I don't know if I was interesting that a graduate transfer, kicker, punter. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. Yeah, it'll be you interesting. Assume, See if he. You assume he's a walk on, of course. So, you know, it's odd yeah. that you would see a graduate transfer walk on. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I assume yep. that there was some type of conversation that leads him to believe that he has a shot at playing time or providing some depth at those positions. I didn't see who the kickoff guy was, so maybe he's a kickoff guy. Yeah. So. Especially after what was a Stricker, Stricker left, Jason Stricker. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Um, we talked a little bit about turnover, but I just kind of wanted to address it to, to end the show. You know, turnover, dude, it's a part of the game right now in the transfer portal. Um, I think it's important to kind of address it. We had a coaching change. Um, but, uh, you know, it's yeah, it's fine to uh, have concerns about turnover. I have concerns about turnover. But um, it's it's fine to also be concerned about turnover and not really have to worry about it because at the end of the day, you believe that you have talent coming in. Um, and there's many positions where we upgraded. And, again, what people don't realize is that this team, for the most part, a good part of their roster was still a lot of leftover. And I don't mean that by any type of slight from the FCS teams and FCS level recruiting. When Freeze first came to Liberty, he was not pulling in the type of recruits that he was in the lighter half of his career, let alone um, the transfer portal wasn't relevant back then. And then on top of that, Chadwell's pulling in a class right now that's legendary. Um in the sense of numbers, you know, don't get me wrong. You still have to, these, these players still have to turn out to be good. They can, we can call them legendary um, because it's the highest rated class of, you know, that we were pulling in so far. These guys are being recruited by, I mean, goodness, man, Jaden Bradford's being, he's a guy that if I was not, didn't come to Liberty and I wasn't a Liberty fan, he would be mad at that we lost him to freaking Liberty. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, what the heck? Why did Jaden Bradford go to Liberty? Don't get me wrong. They already have a quarterback for next year's class. Um, and he played last night too and played pretty well. So it's not like, you know, I'd be like, oh, really? But um, still, you know, you're like, what the heck? You know? So, but you know, you're bringing in guys like him and then Caden Williams, man, he's fantastic. So you're going to have um, a lot of guys come in in these next couple of years. And yes, this year we're very young, but I think we already addressed it in this podcast. The offensive line, even though we have some returners and we lose Schlittler to injury, the amount of talent that's coming to this offensive line is, I mean, Jordan White and uh, Gray alone, make this line the best line when it comes to talent wise. I'm not talking about what they perform on the field. I'm talking about talent. That's not being, that's not being uh, for sure and certain or whatever. That's not speaking with certain. That's just saying talent. These guys are talented. There's a difference <laughs> than me saying that they're the, you know, um, again, that goes back to saying that the recruiting class is legendary. That's just the talent. That's not saying that they are <laughs> going to be. 
you know, there's a, there's, there's difference between potential and actual, um, uh, you know, it's the old Kevin Durant quote, quote, which I'm sure Kevin Durant wasn't the first one, uh, to quote it. Talent, uh, what is it? Hard work. Uh, people. Work yeah. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hard beat, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yep. Uh, for some reason I was slipping the mind as I'm looking at the preseason game, but yeah, that's my little, um, soapbox and, you know, I, I'm just, I get, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with people having their negativities about it. It's fine. You know, I love you guys in the sense of, you know, it's fine to have those conversations and, you know, get, it can get a little bit of testy in the sense of, you know, just a little bit of heat or what people think is heat. I don't really get that upset. I don't think about it all night. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm laying in bed like, oh, shoot, wish I would have won that argument, you know. Um, but it's uh, still at the end of the day. It's uh, something that we you can still be positive about um, and still be like, hey, we still got talent. You know, if you turn on the tape, tape yeah, they haven't done anything in an LU uniform. Guess what they did in this other uniform at a higher level? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know. So. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many guys who would go down the list and talk about how they produced um, already in college or – they had the potential to produce a college. And a lot of these transfer portals with guys we got in aren't guys that were there for three, four years. They were only there a year, two years, you know, and then decided to transfer for whatever reason. So, you know, it's not like they weren't like James Joyner was going to get on the field at Arkansas at some point. You know what I mean? Jordan mm-hmm. Wright was getting on the field at West Virginia. He started multiple games at West Virginia last year. You know, for whatever reason, he decided to leave. You know, Xavier Gray started at Akron chose us over Virginia and Houston, two P5 schools. You know, Chike had extremely productive career at Avalon Christian, chose us over Cincinnati. You know, I can go on and on and on. Bryson Jennings. Yeah. You know I mean? Dude, the whole freaking nation, the whole Flames nation would have lost their mind if Bryson Jennings committed to Liberty out of high school. Yeah. Because he's a, he's a, he's a legacy recruit. And they would have just been like, oh, we beat Virginia Tech because his dad played at Virginia Tech. And whoever would have been like, oh, my goodness. Same thing for Jointer and Venn. People would have lost their mind if I mentioned that earlier, if we recruited both of those in the same class. All they are is a year removed from getting them in the same class. <laughs> That's literally it. You know, why? I just don't see the, the, um, the, it's fine to be realistic. I get, it. I really do. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. But here's the thing. The talent's there. <laughs> and again, it's 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 just I, I just I don't get it. I really don't get the the you know, Gray Carroll too. We would have lot people would have lost their mind if we would have got him straight out of high school. I mean some of these guys would have formulated one of the best recruiting classes of all time. <laughs> you know, and they're just a couple years removed from high school. Um, just because they didn't play at a, the other school because of whatever reason, especially the guys we mentioned before, mostly depth reasons. It's pretty cool that we can draw them in and pull them from a P5 team and say, hey, come play for us instead because you're going to get playing time. And also on top of that, we're going to bring you some things that maybe you don't get at that other school. So that's, that's, um, that's all, man. Uh, 
And I get, you know, I think the biggest thing that I'm concerned about, another thing I want to talk about was Jacob Jenkins not getting his uh, waiver. I don't understand that. I mean, I guess I kind of understand, but I don't get how JT Daniels, who I I love JT Daniels. I was high out of, out of high school. He's one of the guys I've got wrong. Um, I thought JT Daniels was going to be, I thought he was going to be better than Josh Rosen. Then he got hurt, USC. Then he went there to Georgia, you know, then went to West Virginia, and then now he's at Rice. I think he still could be very good. But anyways, not to get too far off track. I get it. I get it. You know, how it doesn't seem to be fair, but it is what it is, you know. Nothing we can do about, unfortunately. So. I just wish there was consistency. You know what I mean? Yep. Just make it the same for everyone. I'd be happy. Yep. It's not that way. And I think that's where the frustration comes. It's because we are like, why is this guy able to do it and this guy's not? You know? Yep. Yep. Is there. I was under the impression that if your coach leaves, you could enter the portal and play immediately no matter what. Yep. I guess since you previously transferred, you can't. Which makes no sense. You know, you're an FCS guy going to the FBS level. That's a transfer in the right way. I don't think that should count against you. you know, I, yeah. Yep. Especially if the FBS wants to keep top talent, you know, you should welcome mm-hmm. FCS guys coming up too. Yep. Yep. We're not the only team that hey, man. that's struggling with it. I saw Charlotte had a, had an all-conference guy from uh, St. Francis PA transfer down there and he couldn't play this year. You know, so, we're not the only school, but it's frustrating to see just when, again, the inconsistencies that there's certain guys that can, certain guys that can't. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, hey, man. Um, and I just wanted to say, man, I've been uh, one to have everybody come against me before on talent before. Um, just wanted to mention this. And people know this, dude. When Josh Allen got drafted, dude, everybody didn't believe him and him. And I said, yeah, he's got it. He's got it. Now we're looking a few years later, and he's top three quarterback in the nation. I, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know everything, but I do know some stuff about football. <laughs> you know, um, my point is, you know, you can still you can still get excited about talent. You can, you just can, um, just to get back on that, despite the turnover, you can still get excited about it. Just like with the jointer thing and the Rashad Jennings thing. I know Rashad Jennings is one of the greatest to ever play at Liberty and he made the NFL, but j- j- freaking Rashad didn't get the recruiting that jointer did get out of high school. He just didn't. And then when he went to pit, he, you know, <laughs> when he went to pit, yeah, he went to a P5 team. But that pit, I mean, people were like, hey, this, but there was no LaShawn McCoy on that team. There was no, um, uh, what's his face there? Uh, what was the other uh, running back that was great in early 2010s? Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. He was also another guy that was big in the NFL. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on it. I just looked it up last night because I was thinking about it. But, um, but, that's the thing, you know, you got a jo- guy like Jointer coming in who basically has two NFL guys in front of him. And then a third guy that came into the same dra- uh, class as him, who was also another very star star studded freshman. Jointer was going to play 
Reese Smith was going to have a chance to play. White was going to have a chance to play. Gray was going to start. <laughs> you know, that that's almost lock. Um, you know, we can keep going down. Trey Lowe, you know, I get it. He's kind of, kind of a guy that was kind of in the stuck in Southern Miss uh, quarterback nightmare that they had going on down there, unfortunately. Um, you know, he kind of didn't get the best of, you know, best of luck down there um yeah. he too was a guy that was getting out there and then would get pulled out and stuff so um you know and then you look down the line you know we talked about jennings talked about um but i i just don't get how we were so hype about some of these players like day day last year and day day you know came from hawaii which was falling and crumbling <laughs> you know it was bad <laughs> Yeah, and they still are crumbling. Uh, shout out to Timmy Chang. Hopefully, you can turn that program around. But I think you, will. you know, so and I know we're just kind of talking ball right now. I kind of really just wanted to talk ball because we don't really talk ball much on this. And, and uh, yeah, this is a Liberty Football Podcast, but I want to talk ball a little bit. So, um, you know, there's 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 a lot of potential on this team, um, and I think that's a this is just a topic that's going to happen no matter what, as we continue to grow as a program, as turnover. Um, I hope that we it's, it's not as much as this past year, but it's still going to happen here and there. Um, we're going to lose guys. We're going to also add guys that are going to be unexpected. Um, so you're going to get both ways. It's going to be things that um, there's different factors, but the first part's going to be playing time. Um, second part's going to be, you know, NFL. <laughs> Can I make in the NFL? And then the third part's going to be, you know, just overall culture and the environment around them. You know, is this going to be a place they want to stay? You know, so it's uh, it happens everywhere. Um, hopefully, again, it won't happen as much as in the sense of uh, how much we lose. <laughs> um, but again, we lost a lot of depth, guys. Um, we did lose some starters. Um, but you look at someone where those depth guys, they're either out still in the porter portal or there's you know, went to FCS or a school that's the same, you know, it's like, I don't know what everybody's worried about. Let's just let the games happen. Um, we can have our concerns, but um, I guess we'll be proven wrong or proven right. Who who knows? Yeah, to be determined, but this talent on this team is crazy. I think this is the most talented Liberty roster we've seen, so. Whoa, 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 can't say that. You can't get too excited. <laughs> so I, I, I do. I agree as well. There's a, there's, when we're talking about talent and potential, top to bottom, this is the most FBS-ready team. And you would expect that after going through four years of the F, FBS uh, transition. It's been four years now. Full four years where you have four guys who are guys that recruited in the FCS are no longer on the team or they're using up their COVID year or grad year. So there's, you're not, or they transferred out, you know, um, to go find another opportunity. I also wanted to shout out this and we, you know, I had talked about this speaking of guys who have left the team. I'm really, really cheering and pulling for Sean Brown. Um, you know, a guy who really stuck it out. He was pretty highly recruited coming out of apex, North Carolina at quarterback. Now he's running for the job for, for Towson, I don't know the battle. I don't know the type of coverage that team gets. <laughs> um, you're closer to them than I am um, in Maryland. I so I haven't heard anything more than what you've heard. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
I'm, that's kind of a guy that even that first weekend that they're kind of the team in the FCS. I'm really like, is Sean playing? Because if he is, I might turn on that game if nothing else is on or throw it on a second screen <laughs> if it's on ESPN Plus or whatever. Unfortunately, I think CAA signed the Flow Sports deal. So. Oh. <laughs> I think it is. That sucks. I, I'm never going to be able to watch a game then. <laughs> Because that flow sports is terrible. Terrible. So, all right. Well, do you have anything else to add? I just want to talk some college football. I'm getting excited about the college football season. Nah. Still kept it Liberty related. Six days away almost at this point. So, I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited to watch Um, Mexico State UMass. Hopefully, Mexico State stomps them out. Yep. Uh, UTEP and Jacksonville State, right? That's going to be a great game. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And then I agree. Louisiana Tech and FIU. FIU. That's going to be an interesting game as well to see. You know. Louisiana yeah, there's going to be ben five teams. Ben mentioned it today. Louisiana Tech's kind of a sleeper right now. Good mm-hmm. coach. Good transfers. Let's see what they hold. You know what I mean? I think. I think they're better than MTSU, to be honest with you. So, great run by Malik. Um, Ice again. Yep. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. You're a little bit behind. Yeah, I am. A couple minutes. Yeah, I, I got the actual live stream. I got that NFL Plus. <laughs> so, so yeah. no flex, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think those are some games. Those are obviously the games we should watch and tune in for uh, – Obviously, root hard for New Mexico State to beat up in UMass. We get to see what they offer. We see them week two, so. Yep. This will be fun. I'm hoping next year we get a week zero game. Week zero games are just so much Dude. more national attention. You know, you're on national TV. Yeah. Everyone's excited to watch, so I'm hoping this Dude. USA stays with week zero and we can get some games. It would be sick if it was like Kennesaw State or something at home. Yeah. Like bringing the new conference team that we used to play in the Big South, who has a lot of expectation. They could be the closest geographical rival outside of Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee, you know. And you're talking about, you know, I mean, shoot, that would be a lot of fun, you know, week zero. UMass on national television. Oh, yeah, for real, man. For real. Um, yeah, it's, it's man, it, it's going to be a fun weekend. Like, I, dude, I, I mean, I'm kind of one of those guys that I just wa- love watching college ball. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. New Mexico State, UMass, I'm not going to prioritize. Um, I am now more because they're in our conference, just New Mexico State in general. Um, but, however, with it being week zero, dude, I'm – dude, I can't wait to watch that game. Don't give me – dude, I'm yeah. so fired up about that game. Because, I, dude, I love week zero because, even though we're not playing. I, I want to get involved in week zero, like you said. But the fact that we're not, dude, means I don't have to worry about really any teams that I really, really care about. Yeah. Um, like Liberty. And then, of course, I'm, you know, I cheer for Penn State here and there. Everybody knows my story there, but Liberty's still first. And, you know, dude, just to be able to just sit back and watch that type of game when you're just like, ah, oh, this is – this is it, man. Football's back. Football's, I mean, I got a little bit of a hint of it with Langston Hughes Carrollton last night. And, dude, that was such a good ball game. And I'm like, dude, it's football season, man. And just preseason games just don't do that for me, man. They just really don't. 
yeah, especially with all the rotations and things like that. It just feels like a scrimmage, you know, a big scrimmage. Yep. But uh, speaking of national television, uh, I think these midweek games are going to be so good for us. Uh, I'm excited about them. Chad mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, I have kids, <laughs> so obviously my weekends will be freed up, you know. So that is big. But uh, honestly, I'm just excited about the national television. You know, yep. getting on national TV, getting on there consistently is going to be huge for this program. I think what we should look for in Conference USA as a football team is to win and to have exposure. Because we yep. think Liberty's big, but realistically, it's not as big as it could be. Not yet. So, you know, let's let's build the brand. Let's win. Let's be on national TV. Let's win those games. You know, show them everyone what Chadwell's new Liberty team looks like. And yeah, I think I think that's huge. Ian McCall did a good job, and Conference USA did a good job of getting those games. Yeah, those are going to be again. We're going to have a lot of people like go on Twitter and just look up Liberty. Or look up whoever we're playing. Like there are going to be a lot of people that aren't fans of those games. Like just people like me and Ben, or some of the other listeners that just love football. They're just going to watch those games and get to know Liberty, get to know other teams. You know what I mean? So and yep. even casual fans will tune in to those games. So I think that's going to be good for the brand, be good for the university, be good for the football team. Just and hopefully just draw us more fans. Yep. Yep, and uh, and that's the funny thing is I think that's why Chad said that this week and that tweet. Oh my goodness, he got heated, heated um, by the people. You know, got the got the um, the ratio man. He even said that. I was like, Chad, Chad, I'm I'm partially with you. I'm man. There's a lot of benefits of it, but I don't want it every weekend. <laughs> I really don't. If I'm being real with you, like man, it's just uh, what's. I mean, it's nice, um, but, uh, I mean, still Saturdays doesn't mean that my Saturdays are free because I'm still going to be watching college football regardless. So, like, it, all it does is takes me away from the game day environment in the sense of, like, me going to the stadium. That's all it does. It saves me away from getting to traffic and stuff during that Saturday. So if I want to watch these other games, I can turn them on. But, I mean, most of the time I'm already throwing them on the freaking radio, so it's like whatever, which, I mean – who knows how much longer I'll have Sirius XM because it just went up by one year trial of having the exclusive offer went. So I got to call them. Um, but dude, that's a freaking clutch thing when you're going to games is throwing that out. And then you have like freaking Oregon state versus whoever, you know, and a late night you're like, cause it, you know, Liberty game gets done at like nine 30. If it's a six o'clock kick, kick, you know, and you're waiting in traffic for a good half an hour, you're throwing on the late night game, whether it's a primetime ACC game or, SEC or Big Ten game, and then, or maybe you're throwing on a late night game. So that's just starting to kick off at nine, you know. So um, there's there's uh, there's that benefits, but man, I mean, it's not going to open up my weekends if it was just, you know, I'm still going to be watching ball, staying at home, being a hermit. That's I tell people that like, hey man, football season's coming. We're only a couple weeks away. Actually, we're only a week away now. <sighs> Uh, yeah, if, if it's something that's dire, yeah, we'll go and do stuff, man, or we'll get some food or something. But if my flames are on, we ain't, we, we aren't moving. We're, we're staying locked in. Yeah. I just can't wait for the national attention, you know, getting more fans and eyes on us, you know, there's probably so many people to even just attend Liberty University online. They just don't even realize what Liberty football is now that it is FBS, you know, things like that. They do play on national TV, so I think it's just going to be 
huge for building that brand. It just, yep. I mean, so everyone talks about realignment and stresses about it. Let's just focus on winning. You know, let's win Conference USA. Let's win football games at the end of the day. That's all we can do. Uh, I'm not worried about realignment anymore. I'm happy in Conference USA. I want to win Conference USA championship. I just want to win. Yeah, if we get a chance to get into one of these other places, I mean, that's going to be up to, you know, how this all goes, you know. it's We can't hope be so hopeful. I think Liberty's in such a unique position compared to even a lot of these P5 schools. We're, we're not money hungry, you know. No. We don't, need that next, we don't have to constantly chase that next TV contract. Like a lot of these teams, yep. a lot of these teams at Lex Conference USA had to chase it. Like Charlotte, I hate to call out the program, but overall their athletic programs are not meant for a step up, right? We've all said that multiple times on Twitter. But they have to chase that, you know, pay raise at the expense of winning you know, with the yep. hopes of eventually winning, obviously, but yeah, I don't know. I think we yep. don't have to chase that. We can focus on building a brand and winning and yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. I mean, look at the way that pack 12, uh, well, pack four now <laughs> fell apart. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, different. It's very different. You know, um, it, was, it was all because of, uh, uh, one of the university presidents uh, asked the university professor, they didn't name the university, to do like a business uh, yep. thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a million a year, and they didn't get anywhere close to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't uh, ask people who, um, even though they may be business-oriented and stuff, I mean, I have an MBA, you know, I, 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 I'm not trying to discredit professors. However, don't try to get them involved into your decision, you know. Like, that's $50 million, man. That's not, that's not how that works, man. There's, I mean, uh, most of the population in America lives on the East Coast. Yeah. You got, yeah, you got Cali, you you got Cali, and then you got Seattle and Phoenix and Denver. That's about it out there. And yeah, Texas too, but we're talking about Pac-12 schools here, you know? Yeah, another thing is, is we also have to be realistic in that uh, no matter how good you are in the Pac, you're not going to eat a, prime, you're not going to beat a primetime SEC game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nope. Those eight o'clock nope. Alabama LSU games or LSU and even Texas A and M, you're not going to beat that out of that TV contract, dude. You're not going to beat Iowa and Wisconsin. No, yeah. So, you know, you just have to realize that you're kind of the late night show. You know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. The I mean, the biggest teams they have were all stolen by the Big Ten. Yeah. We're talking about brand wise. You know, the four biggest brands were stolen by the Big Ten. So, yeah, I was surprised it took uh, Oregon and Washington that long to jump. To uh, I was surprised the Big Twelve did pick them up before. Is what I was trying to say, and then letting them sit for the Big Ten. So, interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, I I think that covers a lot of everything. I see it's getting kind of getting got kind of late for both of us, but. Dude, it's just good to talk ball. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys if you've actually listened into all this hour, 40 minutes. Um, I really wanted to talk a lot of things, dude. We had a lot of the catching up. I didn't, we weren't able to talk as much on the defensive preview, but I had a little bit more time tonight. 
Um, so I wanted to talk just straight up ball that is liberty oriented, of course. Um, that's what this podcast is about. I'm, I, you know, I want to talk ball no matter what. I'll talk NFL, um, liberty, and try to weave it back in, you know. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I really appreciate all this listener, these listeners. I appreciate the interactions we have on Twitter and um, trying to grow Instagram and even other places if we're just in person or whatever through my personal account. You know, I really do appreciate everybody, regardless of disagreements or anything. That goes for everybody. So it's just, uh, you know, I, again, I can't believe this is about the one-year anniversary of uh, – not me starting up this podcast, but the one year anniversary of going through a full season. This is my second full season um, as we're ramping up for, and I'm really excited to have um, the team that we have and thankful for Avery to take time out of his night as he um, has his uh, family hours. And then now he has his podcast hours. (laughs) So, um, but um, appreciate it. And, um, Hope you guys all have your um, a good rest of your week as we ramp up for this week one. We'll have maybe a couple more podcast episodes out before this. This should be coming out this week, um, right before week zero. Thank you for listening. Fan the flames. Flames, as Chad Scott told us to do, and God bless. God bless. <laughs>